daf is Kuf Kaf in, uh, in Psachim. We're nearing the end of the Masechet. Uh, we'll have to make an effort to leave some for, uh, at least for tomorrow, and then, and then, and then for the Siyum, we'll just probably read the very last few lines, because that's all that there is going to be left. The, the last daf is very, very short. Um, so the, the Mishnah says, the word the Mishnah is the second wide line on Kuf Yud Tet Amud Bet, and Maftirin Achar Pesach Afikoman, very short Mishnah, of course, this line is very famous. It's mentioned in the Haggadah. Um, we do not, maftirin, after the Pesach, we do not have after the Pesach, afikoman, whatever this is. So the Gemara is going to discuss what is this. Obviously, it's a, he- it's a word that is not actually Hebrew. It's probably Greek. Um, but the, uh, the, the Chachamim use this word to refer to something. And as we're going to see, they... Uh, they they read the word as if it were a Hebrew word. We are so we're on Kuf Yud Tet Amud Bet. We're at the second wide line. It's the new, it's a Mishnah, one line Mishnah. It's a five word Mishnah. Okay, so now Gemara says, "My Afikoman, what is this thing that you can't do after the Pesach? It's called Afikoman. What is it?" So Amar Rav Shelo You can't get up and go from group to group. So we know that you're that we. So the the, the Rashbam explains. He says, "Achar shachlo a Pesach b'chavura lo yelchu b'chavura cheret lechol lo pat v'lo shum davar." In other words, we know that you're not supposed to eat the Pesach b'shnei mekomot. The halacha is you can eat one Pesach. One Pesach can be eaten in more than one place by groups that split it up. But you you cannot eat in more than one place. So if you chose choose one of those groups, even though there's another group that's eating from the same Pesach, you can't go join them. So as Gzera is saying. After you've eaten the Pesach in your group, you might say, well, okay, I already ate the Pesach in my group. I'm not going to eat the Pesach over there. I just want to go over there and schmooze because they have better, uh, the guy yeah. there tells better, well, they can't have dessert, but have yeah. Wine. Yeah, they have, uh, they have better wine for the, la- the last kosot. They have, uh, they- there's a guy there that tells better jokes. I don't know. He-, he wants to go over there. For whatever reason, he can't go over there, ch- move from one spot to another because maybe he's going to come to uh, eat the Pesach b'shnei Komot if he does that. <coughs> so that, and that's what Rav says. Rav says the whole thing is you can't move from place to place. But in your own place, he doesn't have the idea that you can't eat after the Pesach. Because he says, he says the only problem is you can't go from place to place. So we think, in Pesach, as we're going to see, has to do with eating after the Korban Pesach. He's saying, no, it just means moving. Uh, there's nothing wrong with eating if you stay in your place, according to this. What mean? To conclude. Niftar. Yeah, to conclude. Like you end your life is Niftar. <laughs> yeah. Conclude. Ushmuel Amar kego like haftarah is the end of the Torah reading. So it's a lot of haftarah. Yeah, the closing. Ushmuel Amar kegon or dilae li vegozlaya leaba. He said it would be like uh, for me. He's talking about what they would eat for dessert. I like mushrooms, and Rav likes to eat like these uh, little um, sort of. It sounds like a, uh, a kind of a. Um, uh, like poppers or something. You know, he liked like bird, like chicken or something like that, some kind of birds. So he's saying dessert. Shmuel says what you're not allowed to have is dessert. It's not about moving from place to place. So Rab says it doesn't have anything to do with eating after the Korban Pesach. It has to do with dessert. You're not supposed to have dessert. And that's how we interpret it halachically. You're not supposed to have dessert. They say like dates or parched grain or nuts. You're not supposed to have that after the Afikoman. In other words, you're not supposed, Afikoman means having food, having dessert after you've had the Korban Pesach. Remember then... In the times of the Beit HaMikdash, the last thing that we eat at the Seder is the uh, Korban Pesach. We think of it as the Afikoman, is the, is the Matzah. 
because we eat matzah to substitute for the korban pesach nowadays. But actually, the last thing you're supposed to eat is the korban pesach meat, and then you're not supposed to have anything after that. According to Rav, what you're not allowed to do is go to another, go join another seder after that, because you might, because if you do that, then you might end up eating from the korban pesach at the other seder, even though you already ate your korban pesach. That's a concern according to him. According to Shmuel, no, you're not supposed to eat anything after you eat the korban pesach. That's the issue. Okay. In you should not have after the Pesach whatever Afikoman is. I mean, in Maftirin, you don't conclude after you've had the Pesach with Afikoman, whatever that is. So according to Rav, Afikoman means Afikumana, move my stuff over to the other group. Oh. Meaning after you already had Koban Pesach, don't have that. Right? The way that, um, right, the way that uh, Shmuel is interpreting Afikoman is it means uh, uh, take away the food and bring dessert. Okay, so the, the Rashbam says, Afikoman means, so see you, take out, bring, uh, bring food. Okay, so, so that's how he's interpreting. It's a dessert, right? So the reason is because if you know that you can eat after the Koban Pesach, what's going to happen? The Koban Pesach is supposed to be eaten when you're full. There are different reasons for that. Some people, people say so that you don't uh, have any taste in your mouth. You won't have the last taste in your mouth to be from the mitzvah of the Korban Pesach. Other people say because, you know, uh, it's a way of gedulah to show that it is a, uh, that you are uh, aristocratic, the way that you're eating it. So the delicacy, you know, they have the appetizers and everything. And then the delicacy is served the last thing. So it's a way of showing the importance of Korban Pesach. Whatever it is, the idea is you're not supposed to eat anything after Korban Pesach so that it is uh, something that is uh, eaten when you're full, so that you make sure to eat everything else that you're going to eat beforehand, and it's the final thing. That's the way Shmuel understands it. Um, the, whether that's because we want the taste to linger in your mouth or that's because we want to show that it, we are very aristocratic and everything was just leading up to the moment of giving, giving importance to the, uh, to the Korban Pesach, whatever, the, whatever it is, that's what he says. Now, Tanya Kavatid Rabbi Yochanan, there's a bright that says what Rabbi Yochanan says in Maftir Anachar Pesach Kigon Tvarim Kleot Begosim. When we say that you cannot conclude the Pesach with anything else, we're talking about like dates and parched grain and nuts. In other words, kind of dessert or snacks that you would have after the Korban Pesach. You're not supposed to have. Not only that, but nowadays when we don't have Korban Pesach and we instead eat Matzah at the end of the meal to symbolize that we call it Afikoman, but technically that's not correct because what you're not allowed to have is Afikoman. And uh, we, we call it that, meaning it's the last thing. Yeah, yeah, it is confusing. Um, it's a, it's like we call the bread challah, even though challah is what you take out of the bread to give. You're not allowed to eat the challah. It's a, the same thing. Afikoman is you're not allowed to have afikoman, but that we, so we call it afikoman, like the last thing, meaning you're not allowed to have anything after that. It would be like if there's a rule, you can't have any dessert. So we call that matzah dessert because it's the end. It's like, so to speak, you know, that we're saying you can't have anything after that. That is the dessert. You're done. Right? So if it doesn't have afikoman, you can't have after the matzah afikoman. Tanan, it says in the Mishnah, it says in the Mishnah, you're not allowed to have dessert after the Korban Pesach, but that implies that if you have matzah instead, in other words, nowadays when you have matzah, you should be able to have, uh, you should be able to, uh, uh, to, to eat afterwards because only for Korban Pesach, but because the Korban Pesach has a rule that you have to be full when you eat it for whatever reason, because you, some people say because you might break the bones if you're not full, because you're so ravenous and hungry, or whatever. The point is it's related to the Korban Pesach, oh, right? Funny. Right. No, no, it's the Rabbana because you're you're just symbolizing Korban Pesach. You already ate. You already ate. Now it says lo mi kamar. It means it means lo mi means that it's even more so lo mi baya Pesach. Meaning you. 
it's obvious that nowadays, in other words, nowadays when we're only eating matzah to substitute for the Korban Pesach, so obviously uh, you can't eat anything afterwards because the taste of that matzah will be gone because the matzah doesn't have any taste. If you had any dessert afterwards, that the matzah is going to be gone. But you might have thought that after Korban Pesach, if the purpose is just to have the flavor linger in your mouth, you might have said, well, the meat of the Korban Pesach is very tasty. And even if I eat something afterwards, the, the, the taste is still going to be there. So I wouldn't have to worry. So Kamashmalan, it's coming to tell you that uh, you still can't have any dessert after Korban Pesach, even though the meat is very tasty, right? And certainly nowadays, he's saying certainly nowadays, <coughs> that we only use matzah, where it's easy to cancel out the taste of the matzah. So you definitely can't eat anything after the korban pesach, after the afikoma. Now he says, Nema misayele. In fact, we have a support for this. Well, how so? Because it says, Asufganin, Vadubshanin, Vaiskeritin. Okay, these are all different things that don't count as matzah, but they're different kinds of like mizonot sort of things. The sufganin is like, a, like sufganiot, but it's obviously this is talking about matzah form of it. In other words, some kind of a spongy cake, some kind of a, a fried with oil and honey is dufshanin, iskeritin. These are all different kinds of cakes or wafers that they make that are not kasher to be, uh, to be matzah for the mitzvah, but they are made from matzah flour. Okay? So it says, Adam mimalekwesomehen ubilvad shiochal kazait matzah bachrona. It says, as, you can eat as much of that as you want, as long as you conclude by eating a kazait of matzah in the end, it's regular matzah. So what do you see from that? Meaning you're not allowed to have those things after you have the matzah. In other words, meaning to say that once you've had the last matzah that you're having, you can't have those items anymore. Because it says, as long as you conclude with matzah, you can have as much of the other cakes as you want. But once you've concluded, right, beforehand, but if you, if, if you eat the matzah and then you want to have dessert, you can't do it. That's what it sounds like. So it supports the idea that also with matzah, it has to be the last thing that you eat. Since now we're using matzah as our substitute for Koban Pesach, it has to be the last thing that you eat. Now, it says, no, again, we can refute that and say, Lo mi baya kamar. Lo mi baya barishona deka achile teavon. Aval bachrona dilma atelemechalachila gasa. He's saying, no, it's not necessarily saying uh, this. Really, the truth is that you shouldn't be able, it's saying that, uh, that really it, it, it's telling you, don't interpret it the wrong way. Don't take it to say a statement about not being allowed to have dessert after the Korban Pesach, what it, about after the Matzah, rather. It's not saying that. What it's saying is that, not only when it comes to the first matzah, in other words, not only when you've had the matzah in the beginning, okay, which you ate with an empty stomach, so it was very good, you can have whatever other things that you want because you already had the matzah, but But even this, where you might think, you might have thought it would be worse to eat all of those cakes before you eat the afikoman. Why? Because you're going to stuff yourself with afikoman. Well, I'm sorry, with the desserts, you know, with all the, all the things. And then the last matzah is going to be what they call a chilagasai. You're going to be already full, right? So it's a chidush that you can eat them before. It's not saying that you can't eat. In other words, the Gemara is saying it's not necessarily saying that you can't eat something after you eat that last matzah. It's not necessarily saying that. What it's telling you is a chidush that you're allowed to eat all this stuff before you eat that matzah. Because you might say, if I eat all this stuff before I eat the matzah, my last eating of matzah, I'm going to be forcing myself. It's not going to be a mitzvah. It's going to be a chilah gasam be so full. So maybe you would think that you shouldn't do that. So it's saying, yeah, you could even have 
the, the mat- you can even have all of these cakes and stuff like that. Before you have the last matzah, you don't have to worry that you're going to be too full because we assume that the person will manage their eating. But it's not saying that afterwards you can't have it. Afterwards, for sure you could have it, the Gemara is saying. Now, of course, it's saying, Kamash Malan. Therefore, it's coming to tell you that you're allowed to have as many things as you want. You can have all the dessert you want during the, during the meal. But not after that, but, but it's not making any comment about what you're allowed to do after. So the point is that you have your machloket. Does the idea of not having dessert after eating that last Korban Pesach, or after, does that apply to the matzah as well? That's a machloket. So it's saying you can't prove definitively from either of these two statements, from the fact that the Mishnah says that the Korban Pesach, you're not allowed to have dessert after the Korban Pesach, it doesn't necessarily mean to exclude Matzah and to say that you could have dessert after the Matzah. It's not necessarily saying that you couldn't. And when, it, when we see that you can eat all these different kinds of Matzah cakes before we eat the last Matzah, it's not necessarily saying that you couldn't have them afterwards, it's just saying that you could have them before. Okay, so so it's not definitive. It's not definitive. Now, <clears throat> but we don't worry about the chilagasa because we assume a person's going to me- measure their eating and he knows he still has to eat that one more kazayit, so he's going to be careful. Isn't this redundant? On 86, it said that uh, we act as royalty and royalty always eats on a full stomach, so therefore but, the Korban Pesach has to be eaten on a full stomach. That's a Korban Pesach. Right. Right, the question is, afterwards are you allowed to eat? Afterwards, so do you have to? Is, did they say that don't eat anything afterwards, so that either the taste lingers or to push you to make sure that you eat on a full stomach? They said you're not going to be able to eat anything afterwards, uh, right? So it's like pressuring you to do it, right? Now it says more Morzutra had a different version that you can have dessert after the matzah, like nowadays when we eat matzah at the end. Now, so now everything that was a problem before becomes a proof now. Oh, right, because look what the Mishnah says. It says you can't have dessert after the Korban Pesach. So right, nowadays that we only use matzah, you are allowed to have dessert. So that proves that you're allowed to have dessert. Well, so, why, why, why? If it's comparison the same, so you shouldn't have any water. But that's the whole question. In other words, they have, they have a machloket. Does it apply to the, to the matzah or not? One side is saying yes, one side is saying no. One side is saying we treat it the same as if the Korban Pesach. I was saying no. Because there's no idea that you have to eat the last matzah on a full stomach. There's no idea that we're worried you're going to break the bones of the, uh, 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 of the matzah, obviously. So, the, you're gonna, so that's, that's not an issue here. So the question is, do we keep the comparison to Korban Pesach so far that you're not allowed to have dessert afterward? That's the whole machloket. So before he said, the first opinion said, you can't have dessert after. Now it's like, you can, because it's only the Korban Pesach that has that rule. It says, no, lo mi baya kamar, lo mi baya achar matzah dilan nafish You can't prove from our Mishnah. Why? Because maybe the Mishnah is telling you, even when you're using meat, the actual Quran Bezach, you can't have dessert. Kal vachomer, when you're only using matzah, because matzah barely has a flavor, right? So you, it'll, it'll be wiped out. So you could say that actually matzah is more strict. And the chidush was that even by Korban Pesach, you're not allowed to eat afterwards. Also, now what was a proof before becomes a problem. When a person eats all these different kinds of matzah cakes, it tells you that you're only allowed to eat all these cakes if you conclude with a piece of matzah. So what does that show you? It shows you the last thing you eat has to be matzah. You can't have dessert afterwards. 
So that's, that's a proof to the first opinion. You can't have dessert afterwards. So it says, no, again, that definitely when you eat the, when you have eaten matzah already, when you were hungry, you can have the cakes. But when you know that what's coming up is the, uh, what's coming up soon is the, uh, is the matzah at the end, maybe you'll be concerned that you shouldn't even be able to eat all those cakes during the meal, because maybe your last matzah is going to be achilah gasa, you're going to be too full. So that's why Kamash Malan comes to tell you that you're not allowed to, that you're allowed rather, to eat all those cakes during the meal, even though you have a matzah, to, a matzah ahead of you that you have to worry about. It's not telling you what you're allowed to do or not allowed to do after you eat that matzah. Maybe after that matzah you could have uh, dessert. It's not making a comment on that. So we can't prove it. The point is that you can't prove it either way because you could argue that when it's, it, you can't, ar- you could argue that the, the reason why it mentions that you can't have dessert after the Korban Pesach is just to show you that even after the Korban Pesach you can't have dessert, even though it has a strong flavor. Definitely after matzah you couldn't. Or you could argue the other way, that after matzah, it's not a problem to eat desserts. And, the, and that's why it says korban pesach, you're not allowed to eat afterwards. Uh, what about the fact that it says if you have all these desserts, you have to stop with a piece of matzah? That's just telling you that you're allowed to eat all those desserts before you eat that matzah. Even though you might be full when you eat that matzah, and maybe it'll be hard for you to eat the matzah. It's not commenting on what you do afterwards. Maybe afterwards you're allowed to have dessert. It's not clear. Now the halacha is, of course, that we follow the first opinion. That after a person has had matzah, they're not allowed to eat that last matzah. Meaning, after they have the afikoman, they're not allowed to uh, have any further food. Water is okay. They should. In mind before, they, they should, should have it before the afikoman. That's all. Yes. Anything you eat should be before shulchan. I've seen people make this mistake. One time that we had in a restaurant, yeah. uh, uh, and they didn't bring out the dessert. And I'm like, why are they not bringing out dessert? Once we eat, yeah. come on. So I said, I waited like 20. They're like, why are you not doing it? Why are you not no, going? And so fa- finally I just said, okay. So we went ahead and we had the come on. And then they brought out all these desserts. I said, oh, well, you know, too bad for us. I mean, some of the people that didn't know, they went and took it. But it's, uh, they didn't know you have to eat everything during shulchan oreich. That's all. And then, and then the, the last thing you eat is the afikoman. Now, he, so the, um, Amar Avarava said, Matzab is manaz de'oraita. Nowadays, eating matzah is still de'oraita. Umaror de'rabanan. The maror is only de'rabanan. Maish namaror de'chtiv al matzot moroim. Bizman di kapezach. Yesh maror. Bizman de le kapezach. Le kamaror. It says that what do you do? You eat the korban pesach with maror. So you see that maror only exists when there's a pesach. But matzah nami hakitiv al matzot moroim. Doesn't it also say about matzah that you eat matzah with the korban pesach? Right? So also matzah should only be dirabanan. It says no, matzah miyadaradabekra, because the pasuk says again, ba'erev tochelu matzot. There is another pasuk that spe- specifies eating matzah in the evening, separate from korban pesach. And therefore, even when we don't have korban pesach, we have a mitzvah matzah minatora, only maoz dirabanan. We saw this earlier in the Masechet. According to Ravachar Yaakov, both are dirabanan nowadays, because the main mitzvah, according to him, is Korban Pesach. If you don't have Korban Pesach, both your mitzvah of Matzah and your mitzvah of Maror, only Durabanan. Ela haketiv ba'erev tochilu matzot. What about the fact that the Pasuk says ba'erev tochilu matzot? There's an extra, extra Pasuk unrelated to Korban Pesach that says you're supposed to eat Matzah on the night of Pesach. It says, That's talking about someone who wasn't able to bring Pesach Rishon because he was Tamei. 
or because he was bidech rechokai, he was far away. So because you might say since he's not going to eat the korban pesach because he's tamei, since he's not going to eat the korban pesach because he's away and he's going to do he's going to do pesach sheni, maybe he also shouldn't eat matzah. And Maror, so Kamash Malan, it's coming to tell you, Matzah Maror is going to eat, because since there is a mitzvah of Korban Pesach, he just can't do it, because he is not able to do it because of, uh, because he's Tamei or because he's away. So he will have the mitzvah, but according to Rabbi Achabah Yaakov, if a person, if there's no mitzvah at all of Korban Pesach, because we are, we have no Bet HaMikdash, so in that case, you won't have any, the mitzvah is all the Rabbanan, even Matzah's the Rabbanan, according to him. Now, for Ravah, Malach Ravah will tell you, you don't need a pasuk to tell you that a person who's Tamei or a person who is away for the holiday and can't make it to the Beit HaMikdash in time eats Matzah. You don't need that because because even someone who is uncircumcised and can't bring the Korban Pesach eats Matzah. Even somebody who is Ben Nechar means at the time that the Korban Pesach was being offered, he was, her- he was a heretic. He didn't believe. He was an unbeliever. And then he did Teshuvah in the afternoon. Okay, and then now he wants to eat the Korban Pesach. So since they weren't able to bring him a Korban Pesach, because at the time when they were bringing it, he wasn't believing in Hashem, now he did Teshuvah. Somebody can have a long conversation with him all afternoon. Erev Pesach convinced him by the nighttime he's religious again. Okay, but he didn't have a Korban Pesach. So what can he do? He can eat Matzah though. Right? So what does it say? Obviously an uncircumcised person cannot eat from Korban Pesach. Right? The person who is uncircumcised can't eat from the Korban Pesach, but he can eat from Matan Mor. Right? So therefore what? So, that, so what Rava is saying is, what anybody can eat Matan Mor. Right? That you don't need a pasuk to tell you that the guy who's away or the guy who's to make it eat, even a person uncircumcised who could never bring Korban Pesach is allowed to, he has to bring the, eat the matzah. You don't need a pasuk. So, but Erev Tuchnu Matzot is telling you that even when there's no Korban Pesach, you eat matzah. So, if you eat what would Rav Yaakov say? Ketiv Ba'ai, Ukhtiv Ba'ai? Utsrichi, you need both of them. You need both the pasuk to teach you that the one who is uncircumcised eats matzah, and you also need for the person who is bringing Pesach Sheni. Why? Because you might say the person who is uncircumcised, right? He's never going to bring Korban. He doesn't get to bring Pesach Sheni for not bringing. Right? Because he, was, he, he doesn't get to bring. So you'll say, okay, for that guy, it says he has to eat matzah. But for the guy who anyway in Pesach Sheni is going to have a makeup day, Maybe for that guy, he doesn't have to eat matzah because he'll wait till Pesach Sheni. So that's why it's coming along and to say that as long as the Bet HaMikdash exists and there is Pesach Rishon, even the guy who is in Timbuktu right now or is Tamei, he eats matzah. Okay? That's, the, that's what, what Rabbi Chabar Yaakov is saying. But when there's no Korban Pesach, according to him, it's all rabbinic in nature. Okay, so that's according now. So Tanya Kivatei the Rava, the brightness actually supports Rava because it says It says for six days you eat matzah, on the seventh day it's a holiday. Just like the last day of Pesach, it's only optional whether you want to eat matzah or not. Meaning you don't have to eat matzah on any day of Pesach. There's no requirement to eat matzah. You're just not allowed to eat chametz. Right? So, what's the reason? Because it was something that was in the general category and we said something specific about it. This is one of the Yudgim Omidot of Shatuan Nidrezben of Rabbi Ishmael. Right? So, what, what's the situation? Since it mentioned the seventh day, why does it mention the seventh day specifically? In the context of Matzot. It says, and the seventh day, is a holiday. What does the holiday have to do with that? Tochal matzot. There's nothing. It should say, Sheshit Yamim Tavod. 
Right? And the seventh day is you're not allowed to do malacha. Why, why are you telling me six days that you eat matzah and the seventh day you have a holiday? What's the connection between the two? There's no connection. It's saying the seventh day, isolating the seventh day to tell you that all the days, really, eating matzah is only reshut. Okay, it's only, but ah, uh, so you'll say, Yachol af layla rishon rishut. So maybe you'll say, just like, what do we learn from that? Just like the seventh day it's, is isolated to tell you that you don't have to. Because it says, Six days you eat matzah. The seventh day you have a break. But really they're saying from the fact that it doesn't say, Shivat yamim tochal matzot. It doesn't say seven days. Saying the seventh day is unique because the seventh day you don't have to eat matzah at all. It's only optional. You don't, you're not allowed to eat chametz, but it's only optional to eat matzah. And we learn from that that all the seven days really it's only optional to eat matzah. What about the first night? So it says, That's why it says that you have to eat the korban pesach with matzah and maor. Maybe that's only when there's a bet mikdash. How do you know that you have to eat matzah even when there is no bet mikdash? That's why it says in the evening you eat matzah. The Torah tells you a separate mitzvah of eating matzah on the first night of Pesach, regardless of whether you have korban Pesach or not. So you really have two mitzvot. You have a mitzvah of eating, eating the matzah separately. And you have a mitzvah of eating korban Pesach with matzah maror when there is a mitzvah of korban Pesach. And then the rest of the days, there's a prohibition of chametz, but there's no actual mitzvah to eat matzah on the other days, meaning that you would say, uh, you would consider it an obligation. If a person like is on a low-carb diet or they don't want to eat or they have trouble digesting, they don't have to eat matzah the rest of the days of Pesach. They can eat anything else that they want that is not chametz and they're going to be okay. And obviously the halakha follows rava that the mitzvah of eating matzah is considered deoraita the first night, obviously in, in it's also second night of the seder, and the rest of the days it's optional. Now, obviously, on a day that you're obligated to have seuda, such as you're obligated, let's say, on a like any other yom tov or on the shabbat, you're always obligated to have some kind of a bread. So you have to have the matzah for that, but it's not really an obligation to have matzah. So you don't say like alachilat matzah. It's just an obligation to have some kind of seuda. And it happens to be the way you make a seuda is with. Uh, is with the bread that you have, which is the only option, is, is matzah. That's all. Now the Mishnah says, yeah, this is very common. What? Of the meals, right. The, it's not, the, the, right. The it's the yeah. They, yeah. They, for 38 years, they didn't have Korban Pesach in the desert. Right. So from there, they should know this matzah is Doraita uh, or not. Well, we don't know if they ate matzah or not. We only know that they didn't have Korban Pesach. Maybe they had matzah, but I don't know. It doesn't say. I mean, it definitely sounds from the Torah like they didn't celebrate the Chagim in the Midbar, except for that first Pesach. That's what it sounds like. It doesn't sound like they celebrated the Chagim at all. But the uh, that's what it. But but it's not clear. It only the first time it mentions them celebrating Pesach again is when Yehoshua goes into the land. Yeah, that's that's true. So I, it's not clear whether they had whether they. It sounds like they didn't celebrate the holidays at all. At all. But uh, but it's but maybe they did. I mean, I can't Even be sure. Right. I mean, I can't be sure that they. I, I don't know if that means that they they, they ate chametz or they you know. Uh, would, yeah, I mean, they didn't have chametz anyways. Right. They didn't really have it. But the man, right? They had the man. So they. No, it's neither. It's not. It's, it's some non-gluten thing. But I, I guess they probably uh, they probably. But they did definitely go when they would pass by other uh, countries, and they would sometimes get things because it says if we take bread, we will pay for it. If we take this, you know. So what they did, I'm not sure. We'll have to we'll have, we'll have to ask Moshe Rabbeinu when we see him again. Now Mishnah says Yeshnu Miktzatat. If some of the people fall asleep, this always happens. When right in the seder. Oh. 
For some people fall asleep, yochlu, they can continue eating. Now, for sure, for Korban Pesach, this halacha applies. Right? The, the Rajbam is saying this also applies nowadays to eating the matzah because it's as if you're eating bishnei mekomot also. It's like you're eating in two places because you fell asleep, you wake up. Now, if you fell asleep and you wake up, but it's only mikzatan, only a few people, so there were still people awake, so then it's not considered a totally new thing, so they could eat. But kulan, lo yochlu. But if everybody fell asleep, now they wake up and they say, where are we? What's going on? So then they can't eat anymore because it's like shnei mekomot, it's like two places. That's the way that the Rashbam understands this, uh, this halakha, that it applies also to the matzah, since we treat the matzah nowadays like the Korban Pesach, we have the same rule that they wouldn't be able to eat the, the matzah. After, we, obviously, we're talking about where they ate the beginning of the matzah, and then, then during the Shulchan Aruch, they fell asleep. Everybody fell asleep, okay? So then they wake up again, and they just have to conclude the center. They can't have the afikoman now. They can't eat, eat any more matzah, according to the Rashbam. Now, Rabbi Yossi Omer, Nitnam Nemo, he says, if everybody, if the people dozed off. He's talking about a case where only part of the... He agrees. See, if everybody fell asleep, everybody agrees that, uh, that you can no longer uh, continue. But he says, well, even, even if some of the people fell asleep, he says, if they dozed off, they weren't fully asleep. Okay? So then they can continue eating. But near Dimu, if they were totally out, you know? So then, lo yuchlu, even if they wake up and everybody else was still awake, if they totally were asleep completely, they can't continue. Okay? After midnight, the Korban Pesach becomes Tamei because why? It's past its time. It's past the time that you're allowed to eat. It becomes Tamei. And we also know that Pigul and Notar, these are Korbanot that are invalid. Pigul is where the Kohen has the improper intention when he offers the Korban. Notar is meat of a Korban that's left past its requisite time. They are also Tamei Midrabanan. Now the Gemara says, Rabbi Yossi Omer, nip, that if a person, we said before, that if part of the group falls asleep, they can still wake up and continue eating if everyone else is still awake, right? But he had said, it's only nitnam nem, it's only if the person dozed off, right? Nitnam nemu yochlu, nirdimu yochlu, right? So hechidami nitnam nem, how do you know what's the difference between falling asleep completely and just dozing off, because most of the time, somebody will be sitting on the couch, they close their eyes, I was just resting my eyes, I wasn't really sleeping, you know, how do you know, how do you know if they're asleep or not, the rule of thumb is, he's like asleep but not asleep, he's awake but not awake, if you call his name, he'll answer you, but if you ask him to explain something, he won't be able to, we won't be able to do it. But if you remind him of something, he'll say, yeah, 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 I remember that, I remember that, okay? In other words, he can, he's basically responsive, but he's not like, he can't say anything intelligent. He's like asleep enough that he's out of it, but if you say something to him, he can recognize that it's correct. You know, he's like, uh, you have this with people with drinking also. It's a similar thing. Like there's a level where, yeah, there's a level where you, probably it's from the wine that they're yeah. drinking that they get sleepy. Yeah. So like if the person can, can give a dvar Torah or something like that, then they're not asleep at all. But maybe they can't say anything. But if you say something, they'll say, yeah, yeah, you know, I recognize it. So it's a, that, that's a level. Now, it says, So one time Abaye was sitting in front of Rabbani, saw that he was falling asleep. The master is falling asleep. He said, I'm only dozing off. I wasn't fully asleep. So therefore, I'm allowed to continue, right? 
So the uh, so the the and Rashbam says that that's not aval imu yeshen afilu levado shuvlo In other words, we hold like Rabbi Yossi that if a person completely falls asleep, they wouldn't be able to continue. So this seems to support, of course, what the Rashbam said, because the Rashbam said that this halacha of falling asleep applies even nowadays that we don't have the korban pesach. Everyone agrees it applies to the Korban Pesach. What about when the, what about to Matzah nowadays? Rashbam said we apply it also to Matzah, that if the per, we treat it like Korban Pesach, the Afikomant, if the person fall, totally fell asleep. This is because of Shnei Yeah, he's saying it's a, yeah. So he says because, because it's like you're, it's like a new place to you, because you were, you were out. You were out and you came back. You know, so they, so so the guy was gone and now he's out mentally. So now he say, so he says that uh, therefore he's not since it's like the the korban pesach he wouldn't be able to eat the. Uh, so the way that the Rashbam says says once I start eating the afikoman one guy falls asleep, right? So he says that's an interruption. So now we can't come back and finish eating afikoman. He sounds. It sounds like he's saying the guy started eating afikoman and fell asleep. That would be hard to do. But we can understand somebody fell asleep, you know, right around, around the uh, because he's trying to say that he interrupted his eating of the afikoman and then he wants to go back to it, right? So he started it, he took a bite, and then he fell asleep, and then he wants to go back to it. So that's the way the Rashbam sees the case. The Tosfot says no, this only applies to korban pesach. This idea of falling asleep doesn't apply to uh, doesn't apply to the case of uh, matzah. Nowadays, when a person eats a piece of the matzah, they fall asleep, they wake up, they want to continue eating the matzah. It doesn't apply to that. And then Tosfot says, so what's the case of Abaye then? Because Abaye obviously lived after the times of the Beit HaMikdash. That's talking about a different case, Tosfot says, which is if a person, uh, if there's a fast the next day, and you go to sleep, and you don't have in mind that you want to eat, let's say, early in the morning, once you go to sleep, that's it, you accepted the fast. So that was the case, that he fell asleep, and he was saying, oh, you're falling asleep, you're going to have to start fasting. And he said, no, 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 I didn't fully fall asleep, I was just dozing off, and as long as you're just dozing, you're allowed to continue. But the Lachan Shulchan Aruch actually brings that uh, a person is... Um, uh, if they fall asleep in the, you know, towards the end of the set there, they're not supposed to now uh, continue eating the matzah because it's like shnei mekomot, it's a because of the, uh, the idea of shnei mekomot, of eating the Koban Pesach in two places. And since the next half is so short, I think we should stop here because we're not going to have enough to do tomorrow. Yeah.